0: Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate, and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to episode 54 of PT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we do a book slash chapter review from Never Finished by David Goggins. And we finish up with our top five rap hip-hop songs from 1996 to 2000. With me, as always, is Nick no diggity Dolly and Jeremy (laughs) Ain't-Nothing-to-F-With-Van Klompenburg. He gives you the good ones every week. Every week. No diggity (laughs) is a straight banger, and I don't know what you're talking about.
1: No, that's not even.
0: And it goes so well with your last name. No No diggity doling. No doubt. Yeah, there you go. No diggity. No doling. It's a good song. No, no, that was a short (laughs) lister for me. That was a short lister for me. I can't wait to get into that one. That
1: one's inspired by a little bit of David Goggins too. As I was like going through the book, and you know he references some of his jams as he's he's hitting the miles so i gotta figure yeah. he's a fan of the 90s hip-hop so we're gonna go late 90s 96 to 2000 i like that genre yeah the
0: there heyday. was a there was some bangers for sure As I was Jer- for
1: what jeremy hates it
0: no the heyday, heyday.
2: i mean yeah. that's oh, oh he's the a heyday rap that's the golden uh, age yeah baby. yeah, yeah. It's
1: pretty
2: from stuff. like 95 to 2010 that's the that's the sweet spot for me Bad, yeah. like a
1: You had like a posthumous like uh, Tupac album every year too, five straight (laughs) years, and it was it wasn't bad. Everyone was like, "Hey, this this got some good stuff on it."
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Oh, that'd that'd be good. Um, It's
0: always interesting how much stuff they everybody has in the vault when you talk about musicians. It blows my mind. Like, how is this stuff? You know, because they always say like Nirvana's got a ton of music unreleased because Courtney Love won't let it go. And Yeah. Prince had, like, what, like 200 songs written or something. Yeah, you know, well, I think a lot of it's demo, of crazy. right? Demo yeah, I mean, and, they just put stuff yeah. down. And,
1: and what they've done, like, at least with Tupac, yeah. he had all these different, like, I remember back when he passed away, and I don't remember the exact number of it, but it was 200-plus songs that he had in the hopper. Yeah. And his mom was his mom was like in charge of his estate and she was going to be she so she was the one releasing all those albums posthumously and worked with him on it but then they tried doing the same thing with like notorious big and i just remember like half that stuff when they lay it they put like some big verses on a song and be like i've heard this before it's like the same like lyrics they just dubbed it over like a different track with somebody else you know it
0: wasn't quite the same <clears throat> Yeah, it's just crazy to me how much, I mean, and I suppose when you go into the recording studio and you're going to spend a million dollars, I imagine you lay a lot of tracks down and mm-hmm. kind of yeah. darts at the dartboard, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and some of it's not going to be very good, right? <clears throat> I mean, there's probably a reason it was cut.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who do you guys, What I mean, the 90s were like a, a time of sudden deaths, like impactful deaths in the music industry. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think really? we've seen that since, right?
0: I don't know. I would say within the last what five six years, there's been some pretty big name young rappers go down.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: They were just talking about uh, Nipsey Hussle. Was that his name? Um, like yep. his guy that killed him just got sentenced today, I believe. Oh uh, that is, yeah. <laughs> right. He went down Juice World. Right. Is that the name? I'm Juice not, World. I'm not big yep. into the rappers, but there's a. It seemed like there was a rash of really young rappers. I would say within the yeah. last five years.
1: And maybe Not it's because, I mean, number, really, but maybe it's because the industry shifted so much. But I mean, when I think of the '90s, like you, you mentioned Kurt Cobain, right? I mean, Nirvana was like a household name, and yeah. then he takes his life, right? Yeah. And Tupac pretty much was right on that precipice, and sadly enough, I, I would argue it was like his murder that put him like into the stratosphere of like pop culture. And then the same thing with Big and their beef and all that story that came with it. You know, those guys were all like. So I guess maybe my point is they're more, um, maybe more mainstream, more accessible, and in their peak, in their prime, when it happened. You know, we've lost obviously a lot of like older entertainers over the years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was that rash of like uh, grunge guys killing themselves yeah. out in the mid two thousands too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess we had Chris Cornell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lincoln Park.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Chester does, does Stone Temple Pilots guy kill himself too? I think he OD'd. OD'd. I mean. Yeah, Scott, same, Scott really. Weiland. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Man, he was so talented too. I would, I'd argue, he had a lot of talent, a lot of national talent. But
0: oh, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. Um, but again, I'd say, and it's, it's not like arguing any type of point at all. But I think yeah, by that, no. by that point, Scott was already kind of past his prime, too, or what could have been his prime. You know, with yeah. STP in their first iteration, and then even like Velvet Revolver jumping in with those guys.
0: Yeah, and I would say obviously it was before our time, but that like like early 70s late 60s i mean that was joplin joplin jim and hendrix both went down right? jim morrison yeah and they were
1: all like 27 years old
0: Just yeah, like the, yeah. right at the same club yep 27 club yeah so eerie,
1: eerie. Kind you of know, worked, there's, yeah. there's there's interesting people i don't know how much you guys dig on like acdc history at all but like there's you know there's be surprised how
0: little i dig in that
1: Oh yeah, Um, I've grown to enjoy it more. Like when I grew up, I thought it was all just sounded like the exact same song over and over again, hundred percent. And there's still a lot of that, but I've grown to appreciate it more. Time maybe. Um, There's like diehard Bond Scott fans, and he's another dude like chokes on his own vomit, you know, dies, you know, and and uh, and then in a way that makes them more popular, you know. And then Brian Johnson, and then they have their biggest success commercially they've ever had.
2: Yeah, it's just not not the way I want to go. No,
1: no, sure. you're 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 also you're past the twenty seven year landmark too. So you're safe, safe. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> Throw <laughs> up
0: in your sleep all you want now, Jimmy. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Let that vomit fly. Yeah,
1: was Amy Winehouse? Oh, was she twenty seven?
0: I think she yeah. was. Yeah, no. yeah,
1: that's a crazy number, man.
0: It's Blink one eighty two said nobody likes when you're twenty seven. Wait, I, yeah, that's I, a I'd misquote. Gr- is it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had an awesome, I had an awesome twenty seventh year in life. I just look at that. Like I was practicing as a therapist, kind of finding my groove. I finally got into like my first like half marathons and stuff.
2: So yeah, that was, that was probably, a good year. Why'd you why you run a half? Because you know you knew you because I was
1: because I was a puss. I knew yeah, I, I could he knew it. You could <laughs> Why aren't
2: you running fulls?
1: <laughs> I could. We'll we'll see if that. We'll get into that in the book. But I <laughs> actually, and it sounds so lame compared to Goggins's. You know achievements but the whole reason i did a half was only because i didn't think i could i didn't do it because i knew i could i did it because my friend told me i needed to he was like the only way we're running this i gotta do a half because he's he does so many 10ks and he needed to challenge himself and i'm like before that i was like "Well, i'm only gonna do the 10 i'm only gonna do 10. he's like the only way we do fargo is if we both do the half so I said, i'm fine i guess you know and he, he said if we go out and do a six miler together you're fine let's do the half so we did it and i said that and then like three days before the race he had to pull out because he was injured (laughs) so then i was doing it all by myself anyways but but it was awesome it was like a big mind
0: uh mind over matter thing for me yeah that was not my motivation for running at all (laughs) (laughs) what was yours (laughs) I don't know, just wanted to. <laughs> I know I liked running, and my buddy was like, I, I'd, I'd like to run a marathon, you should run with me. And I was like, okay. I was I was pretty sure at that point it was going to be relatively easy to do, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was <laughs> wrong uh, 100%. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably running, my longs were like 15, 12, 15 at the time. So it was like, yeah. kind of like the yeah. guy. Thing. I mean, if you're going to run, if you're going to put one foot in front of the other, I guess just keep going. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I stopped. I had already, I was already able to do a half at that point. So um, if no one's chasing me, no way.
1: And I think it's oh. the, the thing that he, you know, he's, he's such an endurance minded guy. But the thing is, you can make a 5K super hard if you run it hard. Yeah, right. You know, if your, if your goal is to like try to finish in the top five a minute, it can be damn hard, you know? But, you know, I get it where he's talking about like mentally though. To do like a Moab 240, that I get where that takes a ton of mental fortitude because you're gonna have so many ups and downs over four days.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and how do you just yeah run and run and run and run and just will yourself? I
1: don't know. I don't know. These guys are special, man. They're special human beings, and and uh, I suppose it's like the more you do of it, like he says, the more you do of it, the better you get at it mentally.
0: It's just, uh, you know, that whole thing is like uh, prioritizing, you know, life. And I mean, the way they just I mean, it's that's got to be about it for you. You know, he talks about, you know, going to do a speaking engagement, find an ultra on the way. Like I'm going to sneak an ultra in between speaking engagements, you know, like
1: a little 200 miler somewhere,
0: you know, just
1: just casually like did a 50 somewhere.
0: (laughs) But that's his recharge, right? I mean, for him running 200 miles is like. Uh, me watching uh. Netflix you know it's <laughs> hey, crazy it's like me yeah. reading about him <laughs> like yeah, i doing it, it's like makes me you tired like it, reading right? about it
1: yeah. yeah but you know you make a great point Casey because he is I think he and this is what I grappled with during his first book like he is on his third marriage you know and and um, he doesn't have kids and that's it we all know that's like a huge game changer and, and in some and in his world that's like you know on the outside looking in he would call those like versions of excuses that we'd come up with but Mm -hmm. you know to your point too i think there's somewhere in the there's some middle ground there sometimes it's responsibility you got to have as a parent you can't be absentee dad just because you're out there you know putting in like a 15 20 mile run every single day
0: and i mean i guess you probably say put your kid in the stroller and knock out 15.
1: But like yeah you know, right, make a good point didn't have a,
0: <laughs> you know he didn't have a good dad so I mean that's probably a conscious decision on his part I would guess to yeah. say I I would be a terrible dad I'm not not gonna go down that road but
1: yeah I don't know which I
0: mean there's probably a lot of people that should have that uh, come to reality moment as well in the world I mean sometimes people seem like they just have kids that have kids you know that's too bad um yeah that priority Maybe. being a parent is low on the list of priorities. You know, it didn't, for me, it should be up there. It's a huge
1: responsibility. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, it's a, it's an honor and it's a responsibility. And it's like, I, you know, I think we all know, like you, you kind of nailed some with me. You like, we all know our relationship we have with our fathers. Right. Um, So whether it was good or bad or indifferent, I think everybody has a dad probably should be called to like improve on that. Like you want it better than you had it. You know, you Mm. want that relationship better than you had it in some way.
0: Yeah. You know, if
1: it was absolutely amazing, then I guess you want to replicate it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, so I think that's a good calling to have though, too. It's, it's also, it's also pretty damn admirable. And it also takes some endurance to do that because raising kids.
0: That's ups and downs. Yeah. That's, that's more um, than a 200 miler, 240 miler. I mean that's all day every day, you know. Yeah. But you can't choose. I mean, you can't choose not to do it. But I mean, again, why start if you know? Be to make those commitments, stick with them. But yeah, a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah. Right. I just, I just uh, aspire to be like the dad from Bluey. That's my goal. Um, he's like the coolest <laughs> dad. Ever. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watch that show, but uh, you know, I had it recommended.
1: Yeah. That dude is he's Go the. Right, boss. You, you, did, what are you guys watching at your crib, Jeremy?
2: Uh, my daughter is mad into blazing the monster machines right now.
1: <laughs> Blaise, good dude, is that yeah. John Cena? Is that was so that his vehicle? Uh,
2: I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Um, I thought he wrote the book. I could be wrong. He uh, could be. Um, they use, they use a lot of like stem terms. I'm cool with it. Um, Like teaching about inertia and gravity, and so she'll she'll just drop that in sentences, like (laughs) with without the right context at all. And
1: (laughs) inertia—that's kind of cute. That's great. That's adorable. (laughs) My my younger boys are like so deep into Pikachu or Pokemon right now.
0: It's like just—it's
1: crazy, man. That thing has some legs to it. (laughs) You better have some deep pockets.
0: Yeah. They they do the card game parties.
1: They they do. We've toned that down though, and we went through <laughs> of that with Connor like okay. seven eight years ago. Did um, he save his cards? No, that was that, and that's been a great, but that's been a great learning tool. Yeah, because we've been able to say he didn't save them all. He sold them a few years ago, but um, he was man. He was all about it, like every. Even gas stations would sell. Them. Like Casey's would yeah. sell, you know, little little five piece packs, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he'd just be like, hey, you know, everywhere he'd find him, he'd find him out. And and we were able to point to this like a couple of years ago. Hey, buddy, remember how obsessed you were with Pokemon? And he just like kind of smiled. We're worth like, Two million dollars right now. He probably <laughs> might have been. Maybe I like think Logan Paul has some multi million yeah. dollar card that's like crystallized into a necklace or whatever. But um. <laughs> yeah but you know it's been a great learning tool to be like dude you know your your interests are going to kind of come and go a little bit Mm -hmm. and let's not go all in because you you don't have much to show for it right now except for a vast knowledge of charmanders and Squirtle. (laughs) Squirtle.
0: Squirtle. my my kids are (laughs) big into pokemon cards right now (laughs) and i don't know it's it's fun i mean they like to watch the YouTube videos of people opening yeah. them. And my daughter managed to pull a three hundred dollar card. That was exciting. So I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but
1: yeah. put it in a case, man. Uh yeah. sell it to Logan Paul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go buy it for $350.
1: Yeah, for it. It. <laughs> $350K. It move me yeah. down the world
0: of like sending your cards out to be graded, you know? I don't know if you ever yeah. seen wow, that. Right? I've heard of that. Yeah. That was a whole thing. It was like 60 bucks to get the card graded. I was like, Oof, that's a lot of yeah. money to like just no, have so somebody no. tell me the card is, yeah, well, it's, it's fine. It's an average card, it's an eight, you know, <laughs> it's an eight. <laughs> like, okay, uh, like, I'm
1: just gonna take this home and wipe my butt with it, I guess. Yeah,
0: but it's interesting. <laughs> like, that same 300 <laughs> you know, that same $300 card, if it came back, like, graded a 10 out of 10, it's a, now a $900 card. So, I mean, that pretty amazing do you think they're probably thinks, fingerprints think, on it
1: do you think the guy's smudging it up for you and <laughs> flicking yeah. the edges
0: scratching it sorry it's Enjoy only eight. seven oh, son of a bee but it <laughs> but i don't i don't know if that's why they do it but i think that's kind of a weird practice like when you send your cards off to get graded it the cost of grading the card is based on the value of the card i think that's interesting too so i like it's sketchy in some ways, because you're like, well, 100%. aren't you just going to grade them all 9s and 10s then? But then, like you said, Nick, like, it definitely gives them some motivation to be like, oh, keep this card pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. I, I, love white gloves. I love our Curious. White I gloves.
1: Learn, I learn little things every yeah. day, every week.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> very interesting but it take it's a long process it's like a three to six month deal to get your card back because they're so backed up still from covid but
1: that takes a lot of trust too assuming i mean if you are assuming there's going to be some value behind one of those cards
0: yeah. well typically you know if you go through a card store they're going to insure it for you i did ask about okay that. So okay, good to know too good, good
1: to know good to know Before we move on to Goggins, you had a Goggins-esque
0: outdoorsy weekend. Tell us about your snowshoeing. Man, snowshoeing. You got a snowshoe at all? Is that like a thing you guys ever do? Never. Like, Jeremy, you'd have to have just the monstrous-ass shoes I've ever seen. I've had people tell me I need to do it. I I need a winter hobby.
1: Those are are his Sunday loafers.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Jeremy's like shoes would shoes. be my yeah would be my snowshoes. No, I was uh, out at my little country home with my kiddos. No wife. Just took my kids because uh, they had Monday Friday ended weekend. So, but my wife had to work Friday and Monday. So I wanted to be out there a little longer. So I just packed up the kiddos and went and. My kids, I maybe mentioned this before, very soft children. I don't know how this has happened, but they're they're weak, uh, weak in at least body. I don't know soul, spirit, pretty strong. But, <laughs> so it's like we we get out, you know, out to the farm, and I'm like, hey, let's go out, you know, let's sled because we blow. My dad blows it out, so we have pretty nice hills out there. And, you know like let's let's go four wheeling let's do stuff my kids are like yes. Oof, it's cold out it's like it was one of the nicest weekends so far this year it was like 35 my kids are like yeah it's pretty cold yeah, it was, dad it was a great weekend yeah so i finally convinced them uh, i think i convinced my son cuz i had like a machete i was like you can have the machete like you just chop whatever <laughs> chop whatever we find Uh, And then my was like, well, if you're going to stay here, Ophelia, you're going to have to be in here with the bugs and the mice by yourself because that's what my farmhouse is full of. Um, She wasn't into that, so she packed her stuff up and came with us. But it was quite pleasant. Um, Again, if you guys have never snowshoed, my initial assumption of snowshoeing was like, I'm just going to glide along the snow. Like that's not how it works. Like I was still sinking in. How are
2: your hip flexors?
0: Tight. Tight. Yeah. I was still sinking <laughs> in, you know, four yeah. inches at least in the snow, a lot of places. Um, you know, the snowshoes have like the heel that lifts up, like okay. unattached from the shoe, So you can kind of have a normal gait, but that brings its own can of worms. Because if you want to take a step backwards. Oh, yeah. You're going downtown. Uh, the yeah, back of your snowshoes, sure. digging into that thing and you're going down, which I have like poles, like walking poles for it. If you ain't buy those things and you go down into like a twelve foot drift, that's an adventure Don, in and of Don, itself.
1: Your deer food,
0: yeah, yeah. I was, I was, about coyote food for sure. Coyotes will get you. Saw lots of coyote tracks while I was out there in the old dead dog pile. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, that garbage. Yeah, you pile. saw so dead. You had a
1: dead animal slew. Yeah. Is
0: yeah, that? Yeah, the classic dead animal slew. There was lots of coyote oh. tracks there. There, are lovely. Wish that. I could have,
1: Wish I could have been there in person. Yeah.
0: And so then the next day, I wanted to do it again through a different part of my trees, and my kids made me uh, pull them on a sled this time. They were not going to be hey, walking you. through there.
1: Damn, you're like Rocky IV.
0: Yeah, pulling seventy pounds of kids on a five dollar <laughs> sled through the snow. It's a workout. Nice, that's a workout. It was fun. What a joy! You guys should come out sometime. We'll go. And this, so is, this is this is rural Madoc we're talking yeah, about there, Madock Esmond area. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right in that turf. Uh, beautiful. Sounds like something. we got to do it. Wooden area. Tree. Sounds like something
2: from Chronicles of Narnia or something, Esmond area.
0: I have like uh one two three four five, like six beds out there. I mean, we could have a good time out there. Jeez. It's only a three bedroom, but bunk beds, <laughs> bunk
2: beds,
0: <laughs> Jeremy top bunk, I assume.
2: So of course, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no other way. <laughs> so if you could just sit into it yeah. like it was a chair, which is nice. Yeah. Go, Kevin Nash over the top or open to that thing, but no, it was I'm pleasant. Here. It was a. Uh, yeah. It is always interesting yeah. when mom's not around. You know, you get things are different. I mean, we follow yeah. a different yeah. set of yeah. rules. My yeah. wife's. My wife knows that too. So she definitely preps the children. Yeah. Hey, don't let dad let you stay up late. Don't let dad okay. let you watch a bunch of TV. She so knows. they're parenting you. Yeah, they're parenting my parenting. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, make sure dad like makes some vegetables while you're out there. Because if I'm going to be honest, it's going to be like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. That's pizza's. That's really what we're <laughs> gonna go for, but I did buy yeah. a, a watermelon and a pineapple. Do uh, you roll that you. up
2: like a burrito? That frozen <laughs> pizza, yeah.
0: uh huh? been tasty. Yeah,
1: Put some chicken nuggets the whole, on the inside. Are you still Ooh, eating yeah. the whole rind of that watermelon?
0: Uh, no, pineapple for sure. Watermelon rind is that is a tough <laughs> one. I gotta be honest. Gotta I feel be
1: honest. a little bitter.
0: Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> one is not a good one. You can do it, but that takes. But pineapple, that is so, surprisingly tasty. The rind on a pineapple is good.
1: It seems so uncomfortable.
0: No, You're weird. Spiky. it's <laughs> it's not as bad as you would think. Like you can chew a pineapple rind up pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, watermelon. Right. No, that that's gonna sit with you. Hefty, hefty. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, if you guys ever so chew, get it. It's fun yeah I recommend it. Have and, to... and i like getting just getting away so nice so pleasant it's not like fargo's crazy but it's just you know i i taught class thursday night i, I teach so a, a one-day class to therapists and we decided no to no big deal humble break we decided <laughs> yeah, to, go on, go on you know, we decided to break a it teacher. up this year because you know we get we get the Surveys back and people just hate giving up a weekend day. So we're like, well, let's do two to six Thursday, Tuesday. So it's like I worked. uh, Then I taught the class for four hours. Then it's like pack the kids up, drive out, hang out all weekend, come back, work, teach the second part of the class. That was, I would say, more draining for me than doing just a Saturday. Um, But I didn't have to do the long weekend thing. That was probably a bad idea on my part. Pros and
1: cons, pros and cons, man. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I thinking about it, it's like, it's so blessed to be so busy, though, you know, I, and I shouldn't yeah. say so busy, but I just have things and opportunities. Like, I, I just had, you know, just a really good attitude about it. I realized, mm-hmm. like, I could have been sore and angry about it. Like, oh, I can't believe I agreed to teach this class and like, I can't enjoy my weekend. And instead, just had a good attitude about it. And it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Mindset's so big.
0: Mine yeah, man. It's huge. Can, yeah, just so many of those moments I was thinking about where it was yep. like, oh, you could really, really go the opposite way with some of this stuff when you think about yeah. it, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, you come back from, you guys have all had it, you come back from a long weekend and there's always stuff on your plate when you come back True. that, you know, wasn't <clears throat> there before. And again, you could be angry about that to go, oh, I can't even take vacation for four days without, you know, stuff coming up. And it's like, yeah. eh, it's all good things, you know, staff in really have great staff that manage themselves just little things and you
1: know yeah i was i was having a conversation very much on the mindset thing and i'm in a little different season of life now where like this this coaching thing with wrestling my boys has been around forever now my 10 year 10th year doing it and last weekend super bowl weekend we had we hosted like back-to-back tournaments on saturday and sunday they're big fundraisers they're fun competition moments for our boys um so but that takes work right so friday night we're out there rolling up rolling out mats setting up chairs doing all the tournament stuff i mean we're doing that for a couple of hundred hours friday night from like seven th- seven to like nine basically that night and then you know we're running the tournament all day saturday all day sunday you come home you came home for uh sunday just in time for like the super bowl watch that with the kids but you know that it's monday right mm-hmm. but as long as my kids are enjoying it and they're really fired up by it, you know, and you're getting, you know, I don't feel wiped out by it. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. and you know, I slept really well. I think that helped, <laughs> but yeah. you know, to your point, I mean, shit, you can have lazy ass weekends, and still come back Monday feeling like, Oh, what am I going to get myself into? Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's, yeah, it's such a powerful thing. You could have went to a negative place with it. Yeah. Just been pissed off about it. You know, like, yeah. That's so much what you, I mean, they're all, yeah. I mean, every, everything takes time, everything I, worth I it, takes it. effort, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. And it's in, and, and stay on the mindset thing. This transitions well into our, our article or a book read, but like, I worked with a therapist one time who he swore. He's like every, he learned, he's like, I learned this long ago. No matter what PD course I go to, I'm going to take Monday off afterwards. I'm just going to use that as my decompression. And that, you know, that worked for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, I look back and and we're very different human beings. We're very different personalities. But for me, when it was something I was really fired up, well, I couldn't wait for Monday to like, okay, I got to apply this. I'm doing it with force. everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this with everyone. And just see how well it works, right? See how I can apply this. Everybody's um, getting usually,
0: tailbone today. But
1: I wasn't perfect either because I'd get to mm-hmm. like, you know, by Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday, you're like, ugh. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that. My brain has been mm. working like nonstop.
0: But not everyone again, we're all different
1: movement. people.
0: Hey, <laughs> okay. all that Level two. <laughs> he was he was motivated. <laughs> yeah, I think that's always the I don't know, yeah, the juggling act of yeah, PD and stuff like that. Because I feel that way when I teach on the weekends. It's like, uh, should do should I have a decompressed day, or you know, because that's a little little different in the fact that i mean they still energize because i just teaching is one of those joys i have i yeah, just enjoy yeah. that part i mean there is some of that but yeah there's just for it's just different i don't know it's hard to say i i like to yeah. take a and in day an old, in that and, you, and you're, in a, but.
1: you're in a different model too i mean you're in an ownership model i've walked those shoes you know and and then mm-hmm. you're you've got a little conundrum of your own you're like well i'm going to be is it, day, it worth taking myself, a day off? <laughs> it kind of hurts the clinic a little bit, right? Yeah. And, no, sure. and these are just, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just stuff that we wrestle with, you know, mentally. And they, you know, we got to make decisions one way or another, but I get, mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from. And either way could be fine as long as you don't like turn one day into like two or three, right? It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm so white.
0: And, yeah. and you
1: probably got other issues. You're probably not being fulfilled by what you're doing on your, you know, your normal, you know, occupation career.
0: hmm yeah, I think there's, yeah, again, I think some of that comes back to mindset of, yeah, do you really love what you're doing if you're so wiped out doing what you're doing? I don't know. There's right. some of that. Yeah. I got yeah. you. You love what you do. You'll
2: never work a day in your life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Midwest, Oh, yeah. ah,
1: boy, he did it. He done did it. Well, the snowshoeing <laughs> would have been a great segue. I'm kind of struggling for another one, but.
0: Um, I didn't so do it for
1: 240 our, guess, miles. Our, yeah, yeah. You, so we'll say Casey snowshoe for 240 miles, and that's a good segue.
0: Yeah, into <laughs> yeah. our uh, that's like another man he, that ran 240 the, miles. Did any <laughs> tendons explode?
1: No, nope. zero tendons about, exploded. It, it didn't explode. It was about I to. Know, it, right. wanted, it wanted to. It wanted, it wanted to. to rupture. There was
2: uh, a. Which was a and then I told that tendon. Mindset <laughs> is everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> So we're on, we're, we're breaking down David Goggins' second book called Never Finished. He released it in December of 2022. So it's a very fresh book. His second book overall, his first one being Can't Hurt Me from 2018, very fantastic um, first outing. If you listen to the Audible version, um, I'd also recommend that because they break it into alternating podcast formats with um, Adam Skolnick, his, uh, the guy who actually reads and interprets the novel for David most of the time. Um, very, very powerful stuff, very, you know, impressive, um, you know, a, a very impressive set of accomplishments, with, what David is willing to will himself through, with his social media presence and everything. Uh, we're going to break down specifically Chapter 7 because anybody who, if you're out there and you've read the book, um, you'll know that there's a lot of discussion on um, some rehab principles, some issues that David was rehabbing through with his knees. Um, and then down, and then how that, um, just a lot of good therapy dialogue, you know, that create? did the modifications to his gait, regional underpants create the issues that he ended up experiencing at his ankles, you know, his, his anterior tibialis. So, um, just very, very interesting stuff. Um, we've all kind of finished it fairly recently. So we wanted to open the door to it. Um, maybe I'll, I'll start with some Q and A on that, um, you know, he he opens a chapter. He wants to also be a smoke jumper in Montana. Or he's, he's doing this. He's fighting wildfires in Montana. He happens to uh, be experiencing some knee issues. he's an orthopedist. He's told, here's here's a line I want to hear from you guys. Like He's told, you have Not, the knees you of a 90-year-old. <laughs> Classic. What, th- Classic. Jeremy, what did you think when you heard him say that? Uh,
2: what? the large majority of people see anytime they get imaging all across yeah. the nation totally. the one the one it it brought me back to is <clears throat> when we first started in practice here our, our TSR told me she's like now oh, wait a second uh your next patient they had x-rays and it's the worst that the ortho has ever seen
1: <laughs> and i said
2: okay i said i'm okay with that just do me a favor and keep mental tabs on how many times you hear that <laughs> and, and it was like a week past she's like oh <laughs> so that's yeah. where it brought me it's like yeah you, know, you get imaging so that, they see any arthritis worst i've ever seen <laughs> yeah
1: and, and and same here and, and knowing that knowing that as a backdrop i'm like well i suppose if anybody's gonna have a lot of wear and tear on their knees he's gonna have it right um, used to
2: be 400 pounds and then he runs four, 400 yeah. miles a week and he, and he went
1: through, you know, went through um, <laughs> Air Force training, was, you know, went through BUDS, Navy SEAL, Army Ranger. I mean, all these accolades that he had from a military perspective as well, the training that comes along with it. So he's, I mean, I can understand he's had some, he's had some wear and tear. And, that, and that'll actually, not to spoil anything, but that comes up big time later on in a couple chapters, um, some stuff that he learns. But so he's being told he's got these knees of a 90-year-old. Um, the swelling, the edema, and then he has a he has this uh, what he describes as like a dislocated patella that really you know kind of sends him into a tailspin and creates all this swelling and he's in the ER and he starts doubting because his whole goal I should back up his goal is to re go back to Moab in Utah and run the two hundred forty mile desert like ultra so the previous chapter he did it but. He, he kind of ended up on a meandering course, had some elevation issues, pulmonary issues, and um, he ends up like going home. But since he left the course, he, go, you know, he goes back to the cabin, but then returns and finishes the whole thing. But since he left, he he's a did-not-finish guy. He's enough, a DNF. Yeah. yeah. So his whole goal, the second he finished, he's like, I'm going to come back and do this thing the right way, you know, the next year. So that's his motivation. And that's what's driving him, and he wants to do this collab. Same time, like, fighting fires, wildfires in Montana. So, he he luckily, though, he knows a PT who's been helping on the tennis tour. But uh, time frame-wise, this is fall of 2020. So,
0: COVID is, like, they, he kind of branches off, talks a little COVID talk.
1: And then he's got a therapist named Casey.
0: I know. That was very fun. I like that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Spelled correctly and everything. Went with the C yeah. instead of a K. Um, yeah, curious uh if Casey was the one pulling the blood from his knee. That seemed like I was too. (laughs) I was too. I don't think so. I I you wouldn't think so, but he made it sound like that was part of the treatment. I was like, Oh, that's Casey's hardcore if he's just sucking out blood. Yeah. And some of his diagnosis, like the knees of the nine-year-old, right? He had the he had the Montana,
2: everything's legal. That's true. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Torn PCL, torn. Is it MCL? partially torn
2: is it... acl medial and lateral meniscus terrace. i yeah. saw
0: there was tendinosis of the popliteal i don't know if you guys noticed that okay all
2: right
0: <laughs> i was so like he's... oh okay. that little yeah, guy is even getting worked
2: out. i audibled it
1: I oh you it. guys yeah.
0: don't get the pictures then no Why? i want watched you they
1: reference the pictures a lot Oh, i
0: love it there it is there's david yeah, yeah. let's see talk amongst yourselves so people, uh, so casey French is, revolution was neither French nor revolution the <laughs> so
1: his his pt is named casey out in montana um not casey hansen he's in fargo practicing
0: mm-hmm. um but Hate montana really if i'm being be honest
1: i want like did anything what were your guys' thoughts the way he shared the dialogues i mean his interpretations of the dialogues with Casey. Oh hard to see there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's but... not coming through. Yeah, but... I read it.
2: Yeah. I read it. It's good. good.
0: Good work, Jeremy. Yeah.
2: Can't believe the
1: popliteus. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see some of these picks. Show us some of the pics. Complex but...
0: tear in the posterior horn of medial meniscus. Intras, intrasubstance degeneration, anterior horn of medial meniscus, tear of the inferior articular surface of the anterior horn of the lateral meniscus, intrasubstance degeneration, the anterior and posterior horn of the lateral meniscus osteochondral defect in the medial femoral condyle no free floating fragment
1: partial oh, tear of the acl
0: nice. sprain of the pcl tearing of medial and lateral retinaculum patella alta oh, oh no. no i know sprain of quadriceps tendon tendinopathy of patellar tendon Just tenosynovitis so of the popliteus tendon uh, suprapatellar joint effusion popliteal cyst Lobulated Other. cyst surrounding the posterior cruciate ligament soft tissue edema in the medial aspect of the knee. Moderate atrophy of the knee. That seems like a Wow.
1: wow. Yeah, at forty-five years old, so he's. I mean, he's got a lot of self-doubt too, or reasons to be self-doubting. I mean, you're gonna run into those things. But so my question is: so he he verbalizes some in case dialogues, he
0: in. some of that Mulligan's in there.
1: Oh, he's got more oh,
0: Yeah, yeah. Moab that ankle.
1: MWM yeah. baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's how you do it—a mile two thirteen. In case so, anybody's wondering. So he's he's dialoguing about
1: you know this this discussion that he had and and um, early on Casey's like you know what what are your goals you know and he tells him he wants to run Moab he wants to run two hundred is it possible to do two hundred forty miles and you know Casey the PT's like hey, I don't think we should. I think we should temper our expectations.
0: Yeah. Let's not have expectations, which I thought yeah. very interesting, again, from a PT standpoint to be like, eh, don't have any expectations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you guys – so reflecting back on any of those those dialogues that you shared between him and his therapist, anything jump out at you guys or would you handled it differently or do you think – do you give him a couple thumbs up for – at least the way that he messaged it to David and handled the situation.
0: I mean, I do like that. It wasn't like necessarily doom and gloom. Like he was willing to work with him. Like, all right, yeah. you want to run? Like I've seen your imaging. Uh, You know, there's probably a lot of therapists that would, that would see that and go, I ain't touching you, you know, like you need to go have surgery. Um, So I thought that was cool. Like, but I would say, like, you got this guy in your office that's like super motivated. It's like, let's use it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And and, it, some of it's storytelling, I'm sure. You know, you never know. But, and, and but I suppose he doesn't want to guarantee him, you know, you see that imaging yeah? and yeah, you, it would be hard for me to go, yeah, you'll be able to run 200. Like, because a normal human, and being, nobody guy, knows. Like, though. Oh, like, boy, I you don't can't, know I might 200. go ahead, Jeremy. I yeah, mean, yeah, go ahead. No, I was
2: going to say, like, the, the anecdote that he gave was right. He ran 10 miles before his MRI.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. And then, and you know, the so tech the, it's like, like,
1: you should never run again. You know, yeah. and he's like,
2: you got a lot going you know? on. She said a lot, go, a lot going on, uh,
1: but you got like,
2: you know who he is. Right. Like at that point in, um, I don't know, I guess like, let's see where we get. If you want to do this, let's go for it. Let's shoot for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I can't guarantee you anything, but like, you also know that that's not average Joe uh, yeah. or below average Joe. So you'd say, man, let's go. Let's see what we can get. So,
1: yeah, you can't, we can't argue about having, I mean, one of the, one of the consistent complaints amongst therapists is like non-compliant patients, your patients aren't all in and invested. And in. I like the way Dave, David himself, he said that his therapist, He's, he said Casey was not his leader. He's well, mm-hmm. He didn't lead it. He's like, he like David has consultant. consultant. And, and I thought that obviously that hit home with me from, God, was it six months ago we sat in the pod and I said, that's how I had to approach my my knee rehab last year too. It was like, I, nobody had to care about it more than me, you know? And so that resonated big time with me. And I loved hearing that from a guy who, um, you know, is not necessarily a healthcare professional, but understands like, Hey, I, you know, if I'm going to get these, these beyond lofty goals, I mean, that's like almost for, for healthy people, 240 miles yeah. is, is realistic. Um, and here he is with like these terrible knees, you know, these totally injured up knees, and, and he's like proving, hey, maybe it's not, maybe it's not all the structural issues that, you know, set us back. So
0: I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And very, he and he got dry yeah. needling done to the knees, Casey.
0: MBFR. Oh And Yep, I did. I did see that as well. Yep. Huh? I liked his <laughs> <laughs> justification of the dry needling to get all that blood out of there. So.
1: He didn't know he didn't say to get the blood out, not for the deal. He just said he said he used a procedure called needle which is like acupuncture
2: (laughs) hundreds of needles in there. Talk amongst
0: yourselves. (laughs) Rhode Island is is neither. I I was pretty
1: sure that he, he, his only reference to it is like when he says that it was like acupuncture.
2: He's, yeah, he's stuck him like a mother effing pincushion, I think he is what he said.
0: 200 yeah. needles, or yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, pretty profound. So then, um, <laughs> they're going through this whole rehab. I thought it was pretty interesting, too. Um, I've heard about this with professional athletes, um, you know, who were maybe they're trying to rehab back to the NBA season or the NFL season, and they, they basically like move somewhere to complete, you know, multiple hours of therapy a day. And it sounded like David was doing that, too. Makes you wonder what type of model that was, if he was paying out of pocket to do all this therapy, or was it like was it like one hour, 90 minutes dedicated one-on-one, and then it's like, hey, you could just come in and keep keep rehabbing, working use out. space to use stuff.
0: You know, I got to imagine at that level, especially because it mentioned this therapist, too, was like on tour with a tennis pro. Yeah. So I have to imagine that's his model of, hey, you just pay for me cash by the hour, you know. Well, um, really hard to imagine insurance, whatever. Settle for yeah. something like that, but
1: no, no, I'm pretty sure there's no insurance. Right
2: what all. are your remaining yeah. deficits? I'm not able to run 240 yeah. miles at once yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt like I had to take a break at 220. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, sufficient
1: from, from the impairment, yeah, impairment based <laughs> classification. That's uh, a little bit of a challenge, yeah. But he's got enough diagnostic mm-hmm. criteria though to check all the boxes, like yeah. you could find enough crap, you know, I'm sure.
0: You know, I'd like to read you a quote from the book. Okay, please.
1: Show shouldn't show us it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hoped Casey, not me, not uh, handsome. Might crack the musculoskeletal code to heal my wobbly knee. Yeah. But his needles held the power to not just reduce inflammation, but reconnect frayed and torn ligaments. Yeah. I and regrow that. Yeah. cartilage. And <laughs> well they can. they can. He's hoping. He's just He's
1: hoping. Like, yeah, okay. He's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, hold on, not I don't, okay let's be the real i don't think it's fair to me. say that i don't think it's fair to say that pt casey was like telling him he was going to do all this stuff you know we weren't necessarily there and that. i can't imagine another therapist saying this is going to rejuvenate your tendons and regrow cartilage
0: all this blood flow and white blood cells i'm going to bring back to your tissue uh, I don't
1: know. I don't think it's fair for us to litigate that right now on here based on his quote. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Completely unfair. Actually.
1: I don't think I, it, I don't think hope. it is. I honestly don't because we weren't there and we don't know, like, is this David in his own mind? Like these are his hopes. Or yeah. I,
0: we talked about that off pod too, where <laughs> I don't know if necessarily what he talks about in the book is truly what therapist is doing and talking about. And-
1: yeah. There's some good. There's some stuff that hit home though, as he's describing it. You're like, okay, I can see that conversation now. I can picture this, you know. Mm. Um, if we fast forward to the end of Moab, so so he finishes, and I thought it was pretty cool that Casey sixty two hours for the yeah for the that's final that's, leg.
0: Pretty sweet. It, it's interesting that this guy that has this team of <laughs> pacers would choose him as his last leg pacer. I thought that was kind of weird, like maybe they he must were, be held that much trust in each other, but yeah. you would think you'd have like your best pacer at the end, but well, it's but he said he was doing what 12 minute miles. And if yeah. That's what he's.
1: Yeah. He's trying to average they they average at the end, but he said, yeah. he said they had some that were sub eights.
0: Well, I thought he said Just... like at one, he had like a six nineteen pace for a oh, while. And God. that one yeah, dude right? was like, him and that one guy were battling for a little. That
1: bit. was a fantastic story. Like yeah.
0: his, he tried to his piss buddy him from New York him push him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't yeah, imagine it, a mile 220 kicking down to like a 619 pace. I mean, a 619 gosh. pace, if I'm going to be honest, is probably faster than I've ever ran in a race. Like for any length of time where I could go, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I probably kicked it down at the last 100 feet at Fargo yeah. you know, when you go into the Fargo Dome or something. But My, you know, my fastest overall
1: like, rate, my my fast was like seven oh. Um, and that was a 5k. <laughs> yeah. And and we're not we're not on this level at all, but I'm just saying like so here he is, I mean, hitting that that stride at that point. And then
0: that's um, unbelievable with, to me.
1: Yeah. I thought you I mean I thought that was great. I mean, I think feel I mean if you're working with somebody maybe of his magnitude, wonder too, how much of that rubs off on you. If you're if you're with a patient who truly inspires you and wants you, you know, you see what they're willing to put themselves through to accomplish something, and and you can, you know, if you're you know similar minded to a certain degree um i don't think i don't know if anybody has david goggins level of mindset um and mental endurance and capacity but um you know even a even half of that fraction of it like i think it'd probably fire you up
0: that's amazing how many people do run these ultras though be fun to just read all their stories because you know i've done the i've read ultra marathon Mm -hmm. man and I mean, that's like a complete opposite end of the spectrum of a guy who's just like naturally gifted and it just came so easy for him to run. But yeah. even there, it's like, yeah, there's still some mental fortitude. A guy that, you know, his body is built to ultra marathon, where yeah. David's kind of the opposite side, where it doesn't David seem like his six, body was he, built to marathon run. 6'1 so.
1: or whatever he is, and pretty um, solid. So, yeah. I mean, Cameron Haynes, we, I don't know, did you guys ever read uh, Endure by Cameron Haynes? Mm-hmm. I know we kind of talked about that a little bit last year but, um, He's he's big in Ultras too and, and I don't recall him having anywhere near the you know the physical challenges that, that Goggins has had he's he's uh, documented you know and going through it and fighting through it maybe that's some of the point of his book too like hey let me show you how hard I am oh.
0: <laughs> That's very interesting I mean I think just uh, yeah anybody that just curious in the human body should read on these ultra marathon runners. It's just, man, I don't know. I'm sure there's other physical feats. Like climbing Everest is very interesting. I've read books on that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the training and prep that takes, but then you have these Sherpas that that's just their life. <laughs> like, yeah. it's crazy. Wim Hof, man. They're like, nah, yeah, Wim
2: Hoff. I'll head read on it. and down, you know,
0: running uh, marathons and
2: shorts in the Arctic circle, no shoes. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. 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 I was just looking it up.
2: They said like like the fastest split on record for an eligible course for a marathon is like four thirty seven. So,
1: well, somebody just went. Somebody just did a sub two hour.
2: Really? Oh man! Was it the Kipchoge?
1: Yeah, I can be right. Yeah, look if you if you're doing the research tonight, Jeremy. I mean, that's it's pretty recent. Um, within the last six months and that was something that people That's previously amazing. thought was possible. Even mean, people were like nobody'll ever ever run a sub 2, you know. But think, they think about like-
2: that, you're doing uh you're doing a a 4:37 4:40 split for 26 miles and so wow. even if you're, if you're doing a 6:19 split at mile 180
0: like it's pretty crazy. I mean it wasn't that long ago when a 4 minute mile just you know, that seemed, you know, unbelievable, (laughs) you know, to do it once, like one mile under four minutes. That was like, when uh, was, when
1: is that was, that's chariots of fire. Right. And when, when does that take
0: place? I mean, that's, I mean, uh, the movie was made in the eighties, but I mean, yeah, yeah. it was a little earlier than that, but earlier than that, but
1: it's still, it shows you how there's, there's always something else out there. I mean, there's some other, it's, it is pretty remarkable
0: you know so 1954 54 yeah so i mean yeah you're talking what 70 years almost you know in the scheme of like human evolution and sports i mean that's not that long ago to now have people running that almost 26 miles straight i mean yeah crazy Yeah.
1: i mean that that's there there's some incredible humans out there you know and, they're willing to kind of put themselves through it. And as uh, you know, as we kind of tie a bow on the book, um, you go through and you, you know, he, he, he documents, like we talked. we were talking a little bit about the ankle and his aunt, it sounds like his answer to the Alice 10. was the one that was flared up. I mean, that's what he, that's mm. what he states in the book. Um, I don't have the I, audible, just like Jeremy, I don't have the pictures Casey. So he doesn't really it-
0: show any pictures of, like Have you ever seen his in, Shows a picture he, of like his heel strikers.
1: Um, well, I don't really see his feet. You know, all his videos, yeah. it's like torso up, but you can see where he talks about how he was always a, how does he describe it? Glider? A glider. And, it's got
2: to be a heel strike.
1: And then he, so he wasn't really absorbing, you know, shock, even redistributed when it's He talks about, okay, you know, Casey. So that was something interesting too, because Casey, you just covered a research article about the changes in and modifications to that more what effects it has. And here he he must have undergone some gait changes um, as part of his rehab process to prepare for Moab. And he talks about how it felt really, really good for mm. quite a period of time. But the downside was now his his feet and ankles were getting more jacked up. Um, and maybe you could argue because they weren't absorbing force like they should have all those years too. I don't
0: know. Yeah, you wonder, was it like a shortened gait that caused him maybe to dorsiflex more to clear through because he wasn't using hip flexors and things as much and using as much knee flexion extension. So maybe his dorsiflexors had to kick in a lot harder to clear the foot. And that's why Tibialis blew up like it did. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I suppose, you know, they talk about in the book, it's about to explode. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But I suppose maybe the physio, physical therapist was thinking, you know, like flexor retinaculum type stuff. Like we don't want that to tear and pose straight yeah. out. I mean, there's some of that that maybe, maybe sounds when, but...
1: when I hear that, I'm just like, I'm sure we go, with, that's pretty radical, right? I mean, that's yeah. pretty aggressive. But I also have never, never treated a patient, you know, 130 miles, 140 miles into a run. You know, who knows what you're going to see on there. Yeah. just like you talked about his chafing when he gets into the description on his chafing that was like wincing right i mean like mm-hmm. he's like my my ass cheeks were, were and brown and beef, you know and hammer oh. and you're like oh man and he's all this desitin and um just to get through that you know and Yuck. man at what you again it goes back it's not just the physical thing but obviously the mental and, and you're like to be able to say hey I'm going to heal from this. You know, my body's going to be fine. Mm. Um, But, but the, the honor or the feeling of accomplishment that I'm going to have by completing this feat, that's going to live forever. So I'm just going to finish this out. And that's just absolutely remarkable.
0: But even, you know, a 26 mile race, again, everybody's doing that. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that's a huge accomplishment. I, I felt accomplished doing it, but you know, again that chafing. I mean, I'm not a small man. My thighs chafe pretty good. Yeah, you my know, thighs yeah.
1: chafe too. I I've had Body Glide. I've used it, Body Glide.
0: Bleeding but... all over when I finished that marathon. But if I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really feel a whole lot of it. You know, until I stopped. It, your body is but this pretty is pretty amazing.
1: Casey, this is ten times ten, that. ten dude. marathons you know? in a row.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not downplaying what he is. I'm just saying it is amazing how the body, even even my weak mind, you know, can like, start to do some yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay, okay, you I know. see where she goes.
1: yeah yep. Yeah.
0: And I had the same, I had my, my last half, I remember, I, I had
1: bad nipple bleeding yeah. for the first time. And I guess it's kind of common. I think The Office, even, like, that episode uh, where and Andy's, it. Andy had a band up his nips, I wish I would have used that, because I yeah. never experienced it ever until, like, my final half. And yeah. the pictures of us afterwards, I'm, like, got my arms around, like, Michelle and one of our friends, and, and. <laughs> My little tank top's got these pink little oh, yeah. dots pouring through, and then the rest of the night I'm like, can't, I t- oh, <laughs> can't oh, touch oh. my my nipples. That was thirteen. Oh. That's all yeah. that was.
0: Yeah, I pretty it, much had calluses on my nipples from training. You know, that that's how much I loved running, Jeremy. Though I mean, get mile two; those suckers were popping out right away. So grind them off.
1: <laughs> and I was always like a
0: mesh tank top runner, so. <laughs> Mesh is not like the kindest material no, to your nipples. Not at all.
1: Um, I'd argue it's one of the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like little, little sandpaper on there. So. Um, cheese grater. It's like a uh, soft cheese grater. I definitely <laughs> went band-aids on the marathon, like to start. I was like, I'm yeah. not even. Cause I found body glide to hold up only about 10 to 12 miles. It, it seemed mm-hmm. to be its peak. After yeah. that, you either had to reapply or you were in trouble, which is yeah. what happened to my thigh. I don't have the nice V that people look for; they're just mashed together like two beefs. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a mess down there. Every time I, I race, Body Glide was like heaven
1: sent for me. I remember I, I'd get bad like thigh chafing, and then um, was I don't remember who even told me about Body Glide, and I I think I had to go to the bike shop and get there. They would sell it and. Um, I would apply it, and I'm like, "Oh wow!" Like right away, that was like game yeah. changing.
0: And yeah, that in like a, a nice spandex bike short or something underneath. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah compression helps too. Yeah, that was like huge. i never got in the
1: winter when I'd run tights.
0: You know yeah. that obviously solves that. So, because when I first um, started running, I didn't know I have anything, so I used to run like underwear shorts. That's a terrible comment. cotton yeah. cotton boxer briefs. My that's be awful nice. that's terrible decision
1: i love hearing this stuff because you're just Man. like
0: you know, when yeah. did you start running i don't know i was like uh 21 when i was like i think i'm gonna try this whole running thing i've hated yeah. it my whole life
1: hey, you played sports growing
0: up why like, why did you think boxers was gonna work boxer briefs not boxers yeah. i would well, i would have well and then i went to nothing i just went shorts that was way better but there's a support issue there, obviously that gets <laughs> exhausting after a while. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to it all. Yeah, the, the, the spandex shorts were the out. way to go. The spandex shorts were definitely the way to go.
1: Yeah, I yeah, Once you get comfortable me, with like some lycra and stuff like yeah. that, it's like it's fine. It is actually, it's nice and supportive. Yeah.
0: Well, and like nowadays, it's so easy. I can go on Amazon and get like a five pack of, you know, spandex shorts for 10 bucks. But that well, back then, has
1: changed everything.
0: Yeah. Back yeah, then, it was, so it was niche. hard to find. i if I'm yeah. going to be honest, like I could get a pair you of, you didn't go down under to shields? Yeah. We had shields, but it, yeah, I could get they under had. on shorts for 30 but Even then, she, like to bucks, that
1: point, man. though, shields didn't have a robust, like, I mean, they had a little bit of something, but. You go was there like bad, they
0: man that was like the only option back then if you wanted yeah, something for your, like for that. Your
1: materials yeah. yeah
0: yeah I mean you could have went strap I guess I could have went that that route yeah you could have um uh, well he and, and David <laughs> mentions that like the first
1: I think he mentions that um I don't think it's moab I think what did he do before moab do you guys remember it, it was like a couple chapters ago but he he did this, it was like his first um Ultra you know, since it's heart issue and, and he just talks about how the comparison he reflects on the difference between, um, running and running ultras in 2007 when they were really burgeoning and there might be like 50 runners. And then by the time he did this other one in 2019, there were, you know, hundreds of people running, you know, it just exploded. People are willing to be crazy here and that's cool. It's an infectious crazy,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, kind of like uh, what marathons got crazy popular in the <laughs> 80s, right? I mean, like everybody ran a marathon in the 80s. And now he's not that everybody's running ultras now, but such a huge shift. I mean, that used to seem so crazy. Mm-hmm. Somebody tell you they ran 100 miles. It's like, that's not believable. I don't believe now, before, you're lying. I think
1: I I, got, I I think this could be taken <laughs> somewhere. and it could be a fun thing for our listeners. Like, so you guys need to know we're doing our own little accountability group here kind of like hey i did my workout this morning and we're texting each other snapping pictures stuff like that maybe we need to up our game and identify something i'm not Give on a
2: marathon
0: a... yep <laughs> i've <it>. actually <laughs> signed you up for one already jeremy that's what i've been I doing think, as we've been talking i'm I
2: gonna be off a D- po- dnf dns
1: did
0: not I, I signed you up for the Detroit Urban Twenty Six, <laughs> where we just run through Eight Mile, uh, twenty six times. Oh, <laughs> It's back and forth. Well,
1: I, I think great ramp in that area. We should figure out something that's physically challenging, and like maybe it's in the summer, and we commit to it, and that's our opportunity to for you know get together physically. A physical
0: challenge, um, huh?
1: Hmm. Yep. Look into that. eating Let's do that two large pieces.
0: That's a physical challenge. I feel like anybody I'm out there listening, if you
1: if you want to like just comment, you know, when this when this video goes up, when this pod gets dropped, yeah, throw us a comment or shoot us an email on what you'd recommend three of us do. Maybe it's a try of some sort. That would be fun. Mm. Can't but, swim. Jeremy, I'm beyond excuses, brother.
0: <laughs> you're you're in charge of the bike, Jeremy. I'll, I mean I'll ride the bike. Them. Nick can I'll ride swim. the bike. i also swims. Swims. I
1: don't want to. Sw- that's the only thing that irritated my knee last year during the try was the swimming. I'll swim. I'll do it. But let's do well, something. Fine. We all got it. It's something we all got to do ride together. The bike. Uh,
0: can my ride the bike. my only thing is it can involve zip lining. Um Just nope. you know, if you're gonna put that in, don't bother. Um, okay.
1: Okay. We won't. <laughs> so that's gonna get <laughs> We'll go make that, right that caveat right now. No um,
0: I'm hoping if it's some sort of challenge, height is not an advantage in it. If we're going to look at that as well, or, it's got to be endurance. It's got to be
1: something that that's going to challenge us physically and mentally.
0: God, oh, man, I think I'm still back I in two large
2: it. pizzas. We well, okay. we could do a that food can be challenge that can be after? we can do
1: both. Let's do both. Ooh,
2: all right. A, a run, walk, five k, and then eat two large pizzas <laughs> Okay, it's going it, to it need to be
1: more than that. All right. <laughs> but we might need some motivational music, and if I know my boy Big Jer, he's probably got some hip-hop in that mixtape. I do. <laughs> so, you want to take us away with the top five, my big brother?
2: I can. Uh, <clears throat> we spoke of him earlier. Um, my number five, actually, it was, I think, uh, after after uh, my boy Tupac's death. Um, uh,
0: 1996
2: I ain't mad
1: at you okay okay hold on hold on you guys did this to me um is that what album is that on, is all that, is
0: on all? Me. Oh. that was released in
1: 1995 I think was it I gonna put my foot in my mouth but I think it was 95. Because I would. No, well, it was
2: recorded, and it says it was recorded, and on Wikipedia says it was released on September fifteenth, nineteen
1: ninety six. Okay, all right. Two, two days, days, after, two was days he,
0: after he died. Was the album released or the that single released? Uh, the album. Okay.
1: All Eyes on me came out ninety six, huh? Because
0: there was some controversy on my list of songs I wanted, where like the album actually released in 96 Correct. but the single dropped in 95 and i was like well I, I
1: we can we look up all eyes on me when was that <laughs> when was that drop because i kept out a song um
2: it says 96 released february 13th
1: 96 could have been maybe maybe i uh, should have stuck with uh, recorded
2: stuck in with october R. 95
1: okay all right recorded october 95 all right it's good to know i like that though good jam you have that before. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't
2: want to <laughs> what with me. Oh, look at that. Maybe we should just do karaoke. Okay,
1: tell us why you, tell us what's great about. I ain't mad at you.
2: Um, I like, I love the piano. I can't get rid of it. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I think his storytelling is good. Um, he, he was one of those dudes, right? Like, I, 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 I kind of put him in the same as Eminem, where like some of his like more ballad slow stuff, I think was really like he was like kind of polarizing on his material. I thought, um, yeah. you know, Brenda's got a baby versus, you yeah. know, the other side of it. So.
1: I did a round, round and yeah. round. round yeah. And go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, great verses, great flow, and uh, that little piano riff. Yep
1: yeah yeah and by then he had a in. whole he had a whole like ambiance of just being a badass dude right but he could sing those like those ballad like whether it's a ballad or kind of like a sexy whatever RB type song
2: see and this was retroactive for me too because the the later songs i'd probably like heard to when they came out i was only in sixth grade uh don and karen weren't letting me listen to tupac Right? did you have the double album grade. though
1: did you sneak it did nope. have it?
2: No. Didn't have it? Nope.
1: All right.
2: And in Canby, that wasn't getting any radio play off of KKCK. No. The time. I don't think.
1: Not yet, huh? No. What were they banging yeah. back then? What was KKCK?
2: And,
0: oh, man. Boy, it's was hard that... to imagine. They must I mean, have like been. Probably like
2: Soundgarden or something.
0: Yes, man. I've been one week since I looked <laughs> at me. Yeah. since I am sorry. Yeah, that's oh, that's banger. a good song, too, yeah. though. That's not. That's, that's kind not of rough. Sure on that. <laughs> that's hip-hoppy
2: yeah the china the
0: chinese, chinese chicken. chicken you have a drumstick and your brain starts sticking
1: okay that's i'm good. gonna
0: change my top five right so yeah
1: bare naked ladies
0: <laughs> no uh, yeah great. that's a great album and that's yeah, like great. california love was huge for me I, that song mm-hmm. was just a banger but again that single God, see that
2: released in 95 yeah, yeah is yeah, that yeah, exactly. that i was trying to put on my list too Oh. Yeah,
0: I and thought this was gonna a
1: make rider, my list, but Scandalous. Yeah. yeah. Only God can judge me. I mean, man, he had he had some hangers. He was he was legit. He really He's was. He's good. Yep. um I'll I'll jump in next. I'm going to sneak in here. Uh, right in the middle of the finish. sandwich. Right. All right. All right. Uh or did you you just really wanted to be in the middle, maybe?
0: no, no, my not a huge rap guy. So I'll, I'll okay. finish
1: strong. I have no fear. Okay. All right. Um my number five, uh, I kind of referenced him just a little bit ago, but I'm for real in this song. Um, it is by DMX from 1998. It's Rough Riders' Anthem. Um the – I mean, I think Wiz Beats, like, handled a lot of his his production. And, but, you know, um, and he just came out so raw. I mean, the dude – another guy who just came off very, real. And um, I don't know everything. the The way he flowed was very different, with like those intentional pauses after yeah, certain, pauses. You know, certain points. Um, Fid that you know you could listen to it like before. I remember it was one of the few songs that me and a couple of buddies would listen to like at wrestling practice. And you know, otherwise it was all hard rock, you know, classic rock stuff like that. But but we had a little DMX, on a little Tupac. We listened to a lot of ACDC, though. Um, Not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> So, but that's my number five. Um, rest in peace, to DMX as well. It's, uh, so we're two for two on.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. uh, no, not not a good list. who it. passed away.
1: Um, but yeah, 1998's Rough Riders anthem, the opening track
0: on. Um,
1: it's dark it's and dark hell is hot.
0: And hell is hot. Yeah. 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 Real. Great album, uh, because that's also my number five, Rough Rider Anthem, DMX. That's cool. For me, this was as close to rock and roll as rap got. I mean, it had that same ferocity that some of the new metal I like to listen to at that time had. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rap wasn't, you know, rap, I liked rap growing up. I was a big Dre, Snoop guy. But it it was different. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, that gangster rap was angry in its own way, but it was probably... When it was angry, it was angry in ways I didn't understand. It was like smoother, right? Like, yeah, and it I was, think of
1: Cali Rap like Dre and Snoop Smooth.
0: You know, so it was either like the super funny stuff, you know, or you know, just telling a ridiculous story on the West Coast, or it was the East Coast stuff about like lifestyle I didn't understand. Or Great. it was that West Coast, you know, hate the police stuff that I really didn't connect to. I mean, I just yeah. Uh, yeah. So like it was cool when Rap started to change around that 96, 97 to be just a little more um, generally acceptable mainstream. kind uh, of music. Accessible. Yeah, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. like uh, he was rapping about frustration and being angry and all that stuff. And I could relate to that. Not that I'm an angry man, but I mean, we're all angry at some point about things. So That's something, so, right? You that yeah, right. your mindset, right? I didn't know back then. You I didn't channel, know, Jeremy. Yeah, like you, just, can go, you can go positive or you can go negative. I you went so negative back it. then. Uh, and yeah. this stuff spoke to me. So DMX was uh, Personal this growth. This yeah. That was Casey. Mind
1: like, your yeah. business lady. Yeah. <laughs> Nosy people get it
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. That's my number five. Rough That's right awesome. All right, I love it. It. We're
1: off to a hot start. All right, J-Bone.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, DMX. Spoiler alert. Didn't make my list. Um, oh, yeah,
0: what? he
2: just he just sounded like he was struggling in the restroom. Like this not
0: up and
1: hurt. Oh, stop! No, is it like the dog barking? <laughs> 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 That's,
0: I don't believe how he barked, but uh, a
1: little more guttural. <laughs> we'll work on that. Yeah. We'll fix it up in post
0: production. Yeah, I'll, uh, add him, I'll add him in later. <laughs>
1: Every three seconds, I'm going to pull one of
0: those when Jeremy's talking. Those were annoying, though, too.
1: Remember that hip hop (laughs) trend where they put like some dogs barking in the background of some songs?
0: Like some Rottweilers
1: and it adds ambiance. That sucks.
2: 50 Cent was still, Game was still doing that in like 2005. Uh, Anyways, Um, my number four uh, is Bone Thugs, Ghetto Cowboy. Um,
1: yeah, oh, okay, I'm gonna write this uh, down because so, it's new me.
2: Um this is up there is like it's like Coolio Gangsters Paradise when it comes on. I think I could rap the whole song. Um
1: ghetto cowboy. Goof.
2: Yeah, yeah. Crazy and lazy bone wanted posters in the saloon. Okay, but I assume there's gonna be trouble around here pretty soon. <clears throat> uh yeah, it's just a good song.
1: Um bone thugs, man.
2: Bone boom boom bone. Um oh, yeah. but yeah, it's check it right out. There, crossroad, crossroad. This hit uh hit a number of uh early uh CD mixtapes. Uh, so, cool. yeah, one of my faves. Sweet ghetto Sweet. cowboy
0: crossroads was huge, big crossroads yeah. fan. Yeah, and I got a buddy that be lonely shout out to Pineapple Express. Claims he's never heard Crossroads, but he's a huge ghetto cowboy fan. What really? he's like, man. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but "Get a Cowboy" is a banger. So we always give him yes. hard time. We're like, that song huh. sucks. Nobody knows that song. And cross cross knows that song. I'm gonna
1: look. I'm gonna add this to my library so I can listen to it. <laughs> so
0: They were money. definitely one Better of the count your money. One of the first for me, like super fast rappers, where it was like, holy, that's like a different ball game, you know? Um, Because what was, was there like a Busy Bone was like one of like the fast yeah. ones? Busy right? bone. Yeah, he had like yeah. a record for a while on like fastest rap on a track or something, but yeah. Interesting. Spitting bars. Yep. That's my number right. four.
1: Ghetto That's Cowboy.
0: It. I'm looking it up right now. Can't I can't say I love thugs. it, but I get it. Bone Thugs are sweet. I'm going to
1: add it just so I can listen. It. There you go. It's in my library. Um Now, <laughs> my number four was a interesting like comeback of sorts um big hit i'm staying the same year 1998 as dmx but i'm going with a little older group is the beastie boys it's intergalactic
2: intergalactic Um, planet man
1: and just fun when i and to this day when i hear that song or i'll see that video uh takes me right back because like man just enjoying life and so happy to have them back i'm like more like i actually love here's a kicker i love like check your head and um ill communication like those albums are really good to me where they were playing their own instruments but there's something so cool about them going back to like the turntables and just more of a pure hip-hop element with hello nasty and intergalactic was the big comeback song it was just fun it felt like it was like just a fresh perfect update from what they were doing like 1986 or like licensed dale so love every bit of it fun dumb um yet still like really it's it's like dumb humor, but at the same time, you know, kind of witty. Um, found its place. So that that's that's an awesome. Special place in my heart there. Albums pretty good too. Not not one of their all time best albums, but Mm-mm. um not terrible though either. And uh I'll always be a little bit of a Beastie Boys fan of heart. So that's my number four, Intergalactic nineteen ninety eight by the Beastie Boys. Yeah,
0: it's a great choice. Cool group. Yeah, yeah I was you know, coming off of what Sabotage was like 94. 94. Right. So he didn't really hear much about them t- until that point. So it was, like I said, it was cool when it came back out. Like, yeah, th- these guys are kind of old rap group and like they're still. It's yeah. like LL you automatically do the robot to, when they you know, come to the Intergalactic Planetary. Yeah, yeah. Beastie Boys known to let the beat drop. drop? That's a cool <gasps> line. That is everybody, cool. Everybody says that when that song's on. Yeah, line.
1: and that's just a cool like self-reference, right? It's like yeah. you know when you're when you you made it when you can reference yourself and still make it be cool. Because mm. it's, like twelve yeah. years later. Um, and another, you know, sadly enough, another R.I.P. because M.C.A. passed away a while yeah. back, cancer, battle with cancer.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a another group that's done like the trade-off style rap like they do. Well, you know, that yeah. doesn't sound disjointed and yeah. ugly, nasty. Like they, they're very hard to reproduce what I mean it's not hard to reproduce, but nobody's really done that style. Well, they were really on the same off. page.
1: Like if they were gonna do like a story, like exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying, like it works so well. I don't think they were ever better when they told a story like High plains Drifter or um Brass, uh, not Brass Monkey. Um what am I thinking <laughs> of from okay. the first out? Um a great, but great song. Same thing where there it's like an old west type of theme where we're rolling through the west and you know, and everybody's got their own like verse, but it flows really well and it tells a good story about how they all connect with each other. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good choice. All right. My no number my number four from a rapper I don't really like that much, but this song I listen to a million times and there's something about it that I don't know, just stuck with me, whatever it was production value or um just kind of cool, different sound, and it's uh hard knock life from Jay-Z back in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jay-Z's style just wasn't yeah. my style, you know. But there was something about this song. I think too, it was right around his kind of explosion into the man, um, who yeah, was gonna it was. eventually become the rap guy, you know. Um, so I kind of appreciated it for that. I thought the the samples was super cool. It was just fun to listen to. It was a a different rap song for me, where I don't know if I necessarily like the verses and everything, but it was just like a chill listen to, like I can just nod my head, which is different than a lot of rap for me at that time. So still sticks out. I still, every time that song comes on, I'll listen to it. It's still a very enjoyable song. So It's Hard Knock Life. I don't really like anything else from him, but this song. Really? (laughs) So, yeah.
1: You don't even... Okay, everybody mentions the blueprint. You don't like the blueprint at all?
0: No, no, couldn't. Uh, that was, man, yeah, that was that really off.
2: That whole album, basically top to bottom.
1: Which one you talking Blu- uh, about? Blueprint. blueprint. Oh yeah, blueprint's so good. And wait, yeah. hey, when did it drop? You guys remember famously September eleventh. When... September eleventh. I bought it. And I came back to college and realized what happened. Um, no, nah, that that's on my shortlist. Actually, I have bought three Jay so it's on my shortlist. None of them were. Strong enough cracker. Um number three for me, this is uh by Dr. Dre and others, uh nineteen ninety-nine, and it is explosive um, um off of The Chronic 2001 which came out again in 1999. Um
0: very confusing when I was very thinking yes, about in hindsight, yes. Rap <laughs> I say, yes.
1: Um, <laughs> but just a really amazing song. And I remember when that album came out, it was like I think he had such, he being Dr. Dre had such big shoot, or big, you know, big shadow to fill following the original chronic. Right. That was, to, to me, it still is one of the greatest hip hop albums ever made. Still is, still holds up. Um, But chronic, you know, chronic 2001, first time I heard it first couple of times, I remember being like, ah, this is good, but it's just not great. It's not great. Like the other one. Right. And, A couple songs stuck out. One of them was Explosive. And then a bunch of years later, when I kind of got back into it, I remember when Kanye was kind of peaking and he talked about, like, the songs that really inspired him in the hip-hop game. And he referenced Explosive. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me go back and listen to this again. And and I'm just re in love with it and have have ever since. So um, great little, like, guitar riff to open the song and just keep playing through it. Uh, Fantastic. So that's my number three. Can I put my
2: number three in there? What can I go back? <laughs> I didn't do my number
1: three. Oh, did I jump over you?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's all right. <gasps> uh my <laughs> I'm sorry. I... No, you're good. It mine was hard knock. actually hard knock life as well
1: oh. for number three. <laughs> well, that was so, nice. So it oh, actually ruined worked that, out really... I ruined everything.
2: It actually worked really, really well. Um great one. We have back to back Snick Doling. What have Just you done? a great, great nod your head song, uh chill song. Like you said, it was like the beginning before he blew up. But uh to me growing up playing hoops is like hoops and Jay-Z were like they were inseparable. so it's just a good chill song to listen to. Um, Bump that around in in uh actually all next three of these Mike Audi's are uh, Mike Silty's Audi going up and down 75 Camby Minnesota okay. those were the days oh.
0: Yeah, this was like everything? a, that's a great point. That was like a good song to listen to. Cruising like, Maine. Either cruising or like shooting basketball. Like I just pictured I was at what well, yeah. the kids call that Rucker's Rutgers Park in New York. I just imagined. Yeah, Rucker Park. Yeah. yeah, people on doorsteps watching me and them chain nets just swishing it. Yeah, I was terrible at basketball, but on the farm by myself, no one knew. Just me and Jay-Z out there shooting hoops.
2: Yeah. That's we had some thing. chain nets up by the Canby Municipal Pool. Ooh, so we had them at the high school, there. too. Yeah,
0: Dangerous. Don't get your hand cut in it. <laughs> yeah. no, oh, hey, uh-uh. We had to hear that a million times <laughs> at recess. You know, you're going up to swish the chains out. Yeah. Get your fingers out of there, you'll lose your hand. It's like, well, why do we have these nets, then? It's pretty much like ziplining, <laughs> if yeah. I'm going to be honest. Oh, well, yeah, I had a hawk on my shoulder every time <laughs> I was playing in case another bird came down to take my basketball gloves <laughs> off you had to be prepared it's the only kid shooting hoops and gloves chain mail gloves <laughs> yeah so great number three <laughs>
2: all right casey you're up all right my number three <laughs> yep. again i
0: feel like i just talked about it. Uh, uh, from 1997 uh this was definitely a rapper that i thought was cool as hell um his first album was huge for me. Loved it. And then uh, this came out. It was Hypnotized by uh, Biggie Smalls. Uh, just awesome song. Love the loved the sampling from earlier rap. You know, it kind of gives you that roots feel to it. And he was so goddamn smooth. I, I don't know. There's just no way to put it. It's just, that was, I was, what, that was like 13. That song made me want to drink Cristal, uh and party all the time.
2: When I was thirteen,
0: yeah, I didn't even <laughs> know what it was, but I wanted it. It was great. <laughs> My god that was a that was just a cool party song. Felt like you were on top of the world when you are listening to that. That's cool, badass song. It's hypnotize. <laughs> it's a great song.
2: Fantastic. All right, all right, I'm back. Number two. Oh, Go ahead, take <laughs> away. Uh, mine also comes uh, from the Chronic, 2001. Um, and, uh, but I'm going with forgot about Dre, um, it's good nice one. little, nice little Eminem, uh, drop. That's probably like, to be honest, that was my, my first, uh, recollection of hearing Eminem too. Like they're starting to uh, put him out there a little bit more. Um, so, and he just absolutely destroyed it on there too. So, um, that, you know, Nick, you said it like, Although I, I don't know that I ever had that period where I was like, this is not a great album. Like top to bottom, that's one I could listen to over and over and over, <laughs> over again as well. So yeah. it's just like rap history, right? The quintessential album right there for sure.
1: So, What's made now all these years later, it's it's like all time, you know. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, definitely. So,
2: and and you're right, like and he hasn't touched, right? Like they talked about that forever, like him. You know and not want to pull yeah. the trigger on another one. And I'm like, he hasn't, I don't know, well, he yeah, hasn't touched yeah. that since
1: God. We um, used to joke about that in the clinic. How every couple of years it'd be like detox is coming out, right? Detox yeah. and look out for the detox, and it just never happened, you
0: know. Yeah. Yep. It's Chinese so. democracy all over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Chinese democracy did come out. And it was <laughs> garbage. So I hope he
1: doesn't come out. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is it is is pretty solid album, top to bottom. It's just so hard. It's like it'll always be in in my mind. And I think with a few of my buddies, always compared to like the original, which fair or unfair, right? That's the bird See, bird I gotta give. Success. I don't, I don't know success. that I have ever
2: listened listened to that all the way through. And I like the first chronic, the first chronic, yeah,
0: yeah. It's different. I mean, they're just completely different albums. They're very.
1: They, they do sound a bit different, but. That first one, like Casey, you are talking about West Coast rap and maybe yeah. not being able to identify the storytelling. But that is like quintessential West Coast rap. Like some of the sound effects with it. Um, the beats, so good though. It's
0: just yeah, I mean that, you know, the good. Chronic was like sitting in your backyard having a barbecue Yeah, listening to that it, music, right? Yeah. 2001 was written. more polished, like mainstream. Um, it, it we made it, it kind of the sound. Sa- it was like, the sound evolved. Yeah,
1: You yeah. know, it was definitely more turn of the century, a little bit yeah, just a little different. Um, but, you know, you look back at that, that like, that run in West Coast rap, and I would say, like, and they were all related to each other, tied to each other. You had, like, the Chronic, and then you had Doggy Style, and then you had, like, more G's Regulate. I mean, like, boom, boom, boom. And those three all, fo- they actually, three different albums, by three different artists, and I mean, they, they flow so well. You could listen back to back to back and get the same vibe. You know, just really cool stuff sample heavy too that was another thing that was really big back then sampling
0: um well i can't believe you don't put black street in that same list of albums
1: not quite no no not even short not a top 25 yeah so it is my (laughs) is it my turn for two i I was just so excited so excited to talk about that um my number two, he's been mentioned here before, but this is a different song. I knew it was very safe by going with this. It was dropped into that in 1997. Um, it's by Tupac and it's Hail Mary um, from the Machiavelli album. Um, this this was like, you know, Hidori, yeah, you know yeah. They, yeah they posthumously... Re- that whole album just got a, a really interesting... Yeah. Come with me Yeah. Yeah can't repeat a lot of the lyrics on this just being uh <laughs> being who we are and where we're at in life and everything like that that's okay
2: um, our rules
1: our rules the fact the fact he made it i it's love historical it historical look uh, yeah i <laughs> uh, still kind of followed that you Don't. felt that angst that um you know that beef that he still had with his various B.I.G. was still kind of like there and that whole east coast crew it just felt so real it worked you know um yeah and and here it was like playing out like a year after he'd passed away. So uh that's my number two, Hail Mary by Tupac.
0: Good one. My numero two has been mentioned already. It's Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys 98. Can't say anything I get else you. we haven't already. Said. I get you. Yeah.
1: We it's know we know Dakers don't stray too far off. Oh. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> like Nick overlapped. said, when you hear that song come on, there's just something inside me that gets a little happy. There's just something about that, yeah, Jeremy. You just kind of move a little bit, you <laughs> smile a little bit, because it is silly, it's goofy, it plays on itself. It, it's just fun.
2: Yeah, and it's I would say like,
0: like immediately do beasties. the robot during that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the video was funny, cool. I mean, they yeah. they put out some cool videos in their time, so yeah. that that's the number two Rangers vibe. Yeah. yeah,
1: intergalactic.
0: All right,
2: my All right, number one
1: one's <laughs> the big hitters, Jeremy.
2: I almost said my number two, Nick Scatchen. Nick Scatchen. My number one again, Jay Z. Right here, <laughs> Jay Z strikes again. Um, my number one was "Big Pimpin," 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mean, it just takes me back to cruising up and down Main Street and Canby, um, like, and you you talk about being 13 and in uh want to cr- drink crystal i guess i was 14 thinking i was going to be on a mega yacht i mean
1: the
2: there, man. <laughs> so yeah yeah things didn't turn out that way <laughs> but hey, Jim, great song yeah.
1: yeah yeah um ladies yeah it's a great song um Boy, that was on my short list. My number one, um, referenced already, but he has not been said, and his partners here have been said. It is <clears throat> from 1997. It is Notorious Thugs by Notorious V.I.G. with called Thugs of Harmony, the <laughs> opening track to disc two. To this day, I when I'm being honest and I go through, I had like, a you know, good-sized list right here, right? And when I'm going through it and I'm like, which one of these? This is this is my number one and like number two ain't even close. Hail Mary ain't even close to this for me. Like I can still listen to notorious thugs like weekly to this day and still feel like, I don't know, get some vibe out of it. Um and it, it like everything works about the song. Like the beat to it when it starts out. And uh like that piano, you know, the piano, and then going right into like the, the heavier bass, and then when BIG starts rapping, it's like whole nother level. Yes, and butter.
0: um just butter every time so good,
1: just ridiculously good. And then you get the you get the thugs coming in at the end that just fits with it, you know. Um man. like I said, it's number one and number two ain't even close. So <laughs> oh, wow.
0: uh, Oh, yeah, for uh, me choice, huh? All right. for me it was
1: it was it was like when i came up with this list i'm like i got number one and now i just got to figure out the rest of the list from there uh, <laughs> so yeah go check it out if you're out there listening and you have not for some reason you've
0: never heard this song um go check it out yeah, very cool my numero uno uh has been said already uh so it's from 99 forgot about trey uh <laughs> Uh, Slim Shady LP was huge for me. I love mm-hmm. that album. I I could probably rap every word on that album. Eminem didn't make it any of those songs on this list because I will say I go back now and listen to it and it doesn't quite hold as strong. Not teenagers I I anymore. I mean, time, it's like, yeah. But, um, not like the Marshall Mathers LP. I can go back to listen to that and still go, that's a good rap album. But yeah, Slim Shady LP is definitely, it, it doesn't hold up as well. But there's something about Forgot About Dre with, Eminem's it was kind of his like Jeremy said introduction to a lot of people, I think. Um, his raps were was really cool on there. It was you know, it was kind of funny. The Dre parts where he was just calling everybody out was really cool. Like you just feel like Dre was just getting it all off his chest, and it was just uh yeah, I love that song because everything's well, cool about do it. You guys,
1: you guys keep up with Jeremy. You probably keep up with a lot more than me. Does does Eminem do much with Dre anymore? Has he?
2: It's a good question. I haven't listened to Eminem's like last God, four he, albums. He
1: has to owe. I mean, that early part, like you said, like he was on this album, but "Guilty Conscience," you know, they did together as a duet, and that was huge too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously, Dre produced his first couple albums, and and that got him out there. And M referenced that a lot. Um, yeah, just being a yeah, great song
0: too. You know,
1: I was going to yeah. ask. So you so you got the Slim Shady LP. You bought that, right? Yeah. I don't. I'm going to ask you as the Jeremy. Did you ever buy it? No. No. I don't know if there's ever been an album that surprised me as much when I bought it. Like expecting everything to be what. Hi, my name is. (laughs) Yeah. My name, you know, and you're thinking this is going to be a fun album, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, shove a needle through your eye. Damn, you get to like the second half. He's talking about role model and
0: yeah, like, yeah still don't give enough an yeah, yeah was, there was there's, there's like the back
1: half of that album is dark you know yeah,
0: and, um yeah bad it was old, good like, bad was it was a bad old. habit
1: or something yeah i mean it was um Royce it was a different back. thing like i almost felt bad listening to it too at some points
0: because he's he's talking about murdering his wife a few, a few yeah, and if you of just the two of us uh 97 body and pine yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why that's where like some of his stuff to me is so good and some of it is just so trash. Like, there's some, there's some people I'm like, I could listen to anything that they do, and he's not one of them for me. Yeah,
0: yeah I think uh, like there's times in the Slim Shady LP where it almost verges on like insane clown posse style rap. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you know, very similar sound, um, without the horror core part of what ICP was doing. Um, so yeah. he still was like. His was real though.
1: I mean, he, and he they were stuck. heads there.
0: too, right? Yeah,
1: they did. Yeah, they hated
0: each other. Uh, well, he,
1: he kind of hit his. It was almost like stick...
2: Tupac and Biggie. <clears throat> <M&M's. Yeah>. God <laughs> he, he had that with like, everybody. Ray balls shot there. at your
1: truck. Wow. But that was like, and I think it's just, it is legitimately maybe a little bit of who he is. But do you guys remember that? Like 99, 2000, 2001? Like, if he'd do an interview with anybody, he was shitting on somebody.
0: Oh, yeah. It was like
1: he he also he had he did some stuff like being from Detroit. He did some collabs with Kid Rock, and then they had like a falling out, and he was like, calling him out. Um, they were calling each other out. Um, he had stuff with Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like Linders. they did stuff together, and then they then they fizzled, you know. And, and then mm-hmm. he was always calling out boy bands, you know. I mean, he he was like lighting all them fires. Yeah, not yeah, afraid yeah right. but people, but there was some people that absolutely loved it though. There was like this sect of of music listeners that were like hey this is refreshing for a guy who doesn't go around and like say oh i love that i love that i love that
0: he was like oh that that song sucks
1: like i hate that guy yeah
0: you know? it was kind of refreshing in in some ways because it was it was definitely that like boy band era like oh everybody's buying oh, just garbage you like i do if i'm gonna be honest he, he's like
1: millennium is not yeah, bad boy not
0: bad i'll go back i'll listen to him now but I was, you know, at that age, just I crapped on them too all the time, you know. But it was, it was interesting to see. I mean, they were, those kind of bands were tearing up TRL, you know, huge Creed and, you know, those soft rock bands and boy bands. And yeah, he called them all out, you know.
1: Yeah, so. he wasn't afraid, man. He's not afraid. That was Ooh,
0: that was good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's definitely turned that Slim Shady LP into obviously one of the best rap careers of all time, I assume. He's the number one selling rapper of all time. He's got to be, if not, he's got to be. Got to be him or Jay Z, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know if Jay Z really put
1: out much. If you go back the last 10 years, has he dropped?
0: Yeah, I would assume albums? Eminem, just based on how prolific he is. I mean, he's probably got, yeah. what, 11, 12 full length albums? Yeah. And then they don't even go by. I mean, album sales are
1: nothing anymore, yeah, right? right? I mean, it's like digital sales, song sales. Whatever.
0: Yeah, it's weird and now I, when they say people are, you know, platinum and diamond. It's a weird algorithm now. Yeah, don't know.
1: yeah, Did you guys? Are you guys familiar with how? How do they? How do they get? How do artists get compensated when you? When I have like Amazon Music Unlimited, mm-hmm. and you know, iTunes Unlimited,
0: like probably per did- click. Yeah, I Is believe it? it's per play, you know, it's it? one, yeah. like one one thousandth of a cent or whatever, you know. Whatever,
1: whatever they can figure out and negotiate. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. I assume artists were making a heck of a lot more back in the album days than they are now in the streaming days, but... Yeah. But you can adapt now. I mean, you don't have to put out albums anymore. And you see that. I mean, there's a lot of artists now when I go on Amazon. It's like, oh, they released a single. They released a single. There's nothing attached to it. Eventually, they get enough together and throw five or six more tracks on there and release an album. But I assume nobody's listening to those extra tracks anymore like they used to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And
1: like the late 90s and early 2000s with the zenith of like retail album sales. Like you you had Sam Goody, you had On Cue, Media Play.
0: It's kind of weird to think buy. I'd, yeah, go to Sam Goody and pay seventeen ninety nine for a Britney Spears album. I mean, and
1: funny. it was like, if it was on sale, it'd be like fourteen bucks, and you're like, oh, this is a good deal.
0: Yeah, I remember like, Target used to have like unknown artists for like nine ninety nine. You know, it'd be these rock bands you'd never heard about. And, like, I'd mm-hmm. buy them because it's like nine ninety nine. That's a steal. Like, well, I, I got Linker, one or two I, good songs on there. It's a win. I got Hybrid Theory. Um,
1: for like five bucks. Best Buy, because they were like an emerging artist and all I knew, you know, um I just knew they had one hit. So I'm like, oh, they're five bucks. Fa- like,
0: they're one of my favorites. Did you see they all just time. dropped a new song? You know, speaking about yeah. bands. Yeah, they just, they, oh. yeah, with Chester on it. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Sound. It's like a leftover track from Meteora and it sounds very Meteora. Meteora. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not bad, though. I mean, you know, all yeah. things considered when you think about it. Okay. You know, you get starred for bands, you know, if you had tracks again. They if they released, a, yeah, I believe so. If they released a, you know, a Nirvana album today with Unknown, Unheard Nirvana album, like I would gobble that thing up, even if they were crappy songs.
1: At least, yeah, yeah I'd give it. Well, and that's the maybe that's the beauty part about having like Music Unlimited. I don't have to like invest specifically in this one album. I can, I can add it, give it a try, and see if I like it or not.
0: i miss it sometimes though because i do like bands will put albums out boy i just don't sit down and listen to it enough to enjoy it because there's definitely cds i own now where i didn't care for it that much when i first had it and then you listen to it and your tastes evolve and the sound evolves and you hear a song five or six times and you like it i just don't give songs that much time anymore you know do you think
1: our do you think our lives have changed a lot too like i'm not I'm not the same place I was, you know, 15 years ago, where I, or I'd have to go back, maybe, maybe 17, 18 years ago, where I can do that and then drive around Fargo. Yeah, I'm not you know, cruising Canby anymore. <laughs> be anymore. Highway 75, you maybe
2: stopping,
0: stopping uh, stop
2: PK's, PK's, <laughs> Eat fries. two large
0: pizzas. You know, if I look at like at my, you know, Amazon list, I, I add, you know, music that I like to it all the time. Like most of the songs I've added, probably in the last three years, are like. Uh, FM radio hits. Old. No, yeah. they're like, you know, whatever pop oh, music on. now, you know? Yeah. It's like songs I would have never listened to, but it's the only, it's like what my kids listen to. It's what I hear on the radio. So that's mm-hmm. what I listen to now. You know, I like, probably do a lot more a, of that. You're you know?
2: just a drone now, man. I am.
0: I am. You know, I. It's a bot. A bot. It's not like I turn on rock radio and you know listen to rock music or anything anymore it's just there's not a you know i don't do it in the office i don't have a commute really you know i'm five minutes i'm home so that's where we got to work out in the mornings should we just stream our workouts together listen to your music.
1: or that's what i would get my tunage in i'm I'm
0: such an audio book guy when i work out well to each
1: his own yeah
0: yeah, I don't know. Potato well, Potato.
1: Good yeah. list, guys. I like it. Uh got some I got some ghetto cowboy to listen to now. I'm gonna check that out. You're gonna it's like it. In.
0: Yeah. You're gonna like it. It's not as good as crossroads, but it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that completes episode fifty four of BD Shop Talk. Uh like always. Hit us up, uh, ptshoptalk at gmail.com if you got any questions, concerns, uh, want us to do a list, want us to talk about a topic, want to be a guest on the show, let us know. Check us out on Facebook, P.T. Shop Talk. Also, if you want to see the videos, we're on YouTube at uh, P.T. Shop Talk as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at P.T. Shop Talk 1. Till next time, I'm Casey Hansen. With me, as always, Nick Doling and Jeremy Van Kloppenberg.